The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. It's good to see your wonderful faces once again. I missed you guys last Sunday. I hope you miss me too. I think only two or three people told me they missed me. So it's assuring to hear many of you telling me that they missed me <laughs> right here and now. Hallelujah. And I bring greetings from the Alagbado Church. I was with them last Sunday and we had such a wonderful time. Praise God. Um, a few very important um, notices I want to bring to your attention. Number one, and it's quite interesting, the testimony that was shared this morning. Um, Dr. K has been emphasizing this in recent days and weeks. Psalm 91. In fact, Dr. K said on the first of this year, after the crossover service in Chicago, when he woke up in the morning, as he was praying, God told him to go back to Psalm 91 and to read Psalm 91 again. And then God instructed him to tell the whole church to meditate a lot on Psalm 91 um, this season. There's going to be more and more darkness in the world. There'll be more arrows of the enemy flying by day and by night. But it is not meant to touch us, the people of God. Hallelujah. And we should prepare for that and put ourselves in a right position to enjoy what God has provided for us, the protection that we have in Christ by developing a robust faith in Psalm 91. Glory be to God. And of course, those of you that have been joining us in the daily prayers, I want to use this opportunity to encourage everyone again. 6 a.m. Monday to Friday, we pray online. It's a Zoom meeting. The details are in um, our respective WhatsApp chat rooms. You can join us. We've been praying Psalm 91 every day. And we're going to continue to do that this week until um, we get direction from God to move on. Somebody lift your hands where you are. Let's just pray this for a minute or two and say, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. And in him I trust. Declare this, say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you protect me and you preserve me all through this season, all through this year. Regardless of the darkness and the dangers out there in the world, I am covered by you. Say that again. I am covered by you. I am preserved by you. And I'm shielded by you. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray for a minute. We are covered. We are protected. We are shielded. Preserved from harm. You and your household. You and your children. No evil will befall you this season. No plague will come near your dwelling. God's angels will bear you up in their hands. You will not dash your foot against a stone. You will not die before your time. With long life, he will satisfy you and he will show you his salvation. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's how you're going to develop the kind of robust faith you need. You need to pray the word and then you pray in the spirit. Glory be to God. So please do that as often as you can personally. And of course, every time we come together, we will pray it collectively. Hallelujah. Um, a note to all leaders in the house. We had our global leaders training this past weekend. How was it, somebody? Someone that participated. Glory, glory be to God. We had such a rich time of teaching, eye-opening revelation, inspiring truths, challenging things. And we want you to continue in that. Um, I want to announce again, there's a Telegram group. Telegram is an app. Please download it on your device if you don't have it already. And there's a link to connect to the Kingsword Leaders Telegram group. 
that um, link will be in the leader's chat room. Please get um, the link. You can listen to the messages again, and then there will be some notes and a few other things for your development. So please, all leaders in the house, please participate in that. And we keep encouraging and inviting um, workers and even members to be a part of leadership in church. This was one of the messages we had during Supernatural. Everyone is called to be a leader. Can you help me look at a neighbor and say, you are called to be a leader? Look at another neighbor and say, you can lead. Are you not the head? Get a response from that neighbor. Are you the head or are you the tail? Say, which one are you? Come on, let your neighbor respond. Which one are you? Which one are you? Head or tail? Eh? That's a sign that you can lead. And you start by leading yourself. You start by leading yourself. When you drag yourself into a prayer meeting, you are leading yourself. When you drag yourself into leader's training, you are leading yourself. When you drag yourself to church early, you are leading yourself. And you know, leadership is really, um, at its core, the essence of it is influence. I mean, and when you come for prayer meeting, when you come for teaching meeting, when you all these things, other people notice you and their influence, for good or for bad. You are rubbing off on people. You see, I'm, I'm going to touch on that today in the teaching today. Today is focused on uh, mission, God's mission. We call, we have theme today's service, the mission. And it's connected to us working in dominance. We're going to touch on that today in the teaching this morning. You see, whether you realize it or not, people around you, I mean, those of you that have children, sometimes when my children say certain things to me, I'm just amazed. Oh, so you observe that. Everybody is observing you, for good or for bad. And you are, you are, you are sending out vibes. Let me connect it to something we also taught in the midweek service, about blowing the trumpet, making the right sound, sounding the alarm. Even in the realm of the spirit, you are sending out signals through what you say and through what you do. And you need to learn to send out the right signals. Make the right sound. Blow the right trumpet. Because people and things, including angels and demons, and even situations and circumstances, the wall of Jericho responded to the shout of the children of Israel. Things respond to our spiritual sounds. The world fell down flat. God told them exactly what to do. March around this wall every day for seven days. Blow a trumpet. On the seventh day, march seven times and blow the trumpet seven times. The world responded. Do you know finances can respond to your sound? See, because really at the back of all these things, we are really spiritual beings and we are actually having spiritual existence. And there are spiritual forces that coordinate everything. Hallelujah. So when you respond to the call to leadership and you are giving signs and releasing influence of leadership, things will start responding to you as well. And that's so vital, particularly in line with what we are talking about today, um, when we are considering the mission, God's mission. Hallelujah. I also want to stress right now, some of these things will be reiterated in the announcements, but we are fasting this week. Tap your neighbor and say we are fasting this week. It's our month end fast. Every month end, we want to take three days to wait on God, Wednesday through Friday, so I encourage you to be a part of that. And every evening, we'll be meeting online for one prophetic hour with our spiritual father, Dr. K. So 8 p.m. It's 8 p.m., right? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, good. That work will be there. So please note that it's also going to be on Zoom. We want it to be on Zoom. We can monitor better on Zoom. We can see how many devices are connected. And we can estimate how many people are participating. And let us know where we need to work on and where we need to improve on. 
Finally, just before I get into the world this morning, next Sunday is going to be our New Year Thanksgiving Sunday. Hallelujah. I believe all the people that have traveled have come back now. <laughs> but I think these days fewer people traveled. So. But we want to especially thank God again for 2023. So please get set for that. Get your praise garment and your Thanksgiving and celebration garment on and your dancing shoes. And let's just come and celebrate God again for this new year. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Pray with me one more time. Say, Father, open my eyes. Let me understand your mission and my part in your mission. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Um, I was asking God how to go about this theme of mission, God's mission. And really, I'm going to talk about both mission and vision um, in my teaching today. And um, it's really an interesting path, the, the way God led me to share this with us today. And the first thing I want to say is that um, if you really look at the Bible closely, it's talking to us about, number one, God's mission, where the earth is concerned. God is doing something in the earth. God is on an assignment on the earth. We read in Genesis 1, let's look at that text again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And surprisingly, verse 2, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So God created the heavens and the earth. And surprisingly, I will put that word there, it didn't look like what God wanted in verse 2. Again, we've shared this over and over again the theological interpretation of that verse, because the Bible was very silent about what happened between verse 1 and 2. On one hand, what we see about God in scriptures, God could not have created something that is void, that is without form, that is darkness. It doesn't, it's not consistent with the nature of God. Every other thing he created is not like that. So theologically, we say that something happened between verse 1 and verse 2. We don't fully know because it didn't say it in the verse, but we can deduce it from other parts of Scripture. And the general understanding is, this is when Satan fell from heaven. And the world that God had created, he and his fallen angels messed it up. And what we see from verse 3 onwards is God recreating. Because even in verse 1, God had a mission. He was on an assignment. He had a purpose. He had a plan. He had an expected end. There's something God wants to accomplish at the end of the day. Please follow me very carefully. Today is mainly about teaching and rewiring our understanding. Somebody say this with me. There's something God wants to accomplish at the end of the day. And this is why it's important for you to understand God's mission. Because God wants you involved in it. That's the story of the Bible. God started recreating the earth. Bringing out the beauty he wanted. Bringing out the color he wanted. Bringing out everything he wanted. And in verse 26, God now made Adam, the first man, to continue the work. God could have done it all by himself, but for one reason or the other, God has chosen to involve humanity in what he's doing. And right from the first man, the Bible said God walked for six days. He rested on the seventh day. And he said, I'm going to make man my image and likeness. And he gave man the power and the authority. We talked about this a couple of Sundays ago. To now continue the work of creation. Or to continue with the mission that God has in mind. Hallelujah. So he gave us creative ability. 
like he has. Let us make man in our image and likeness. And we said that is tied to our dominance. It's so important. You need to see yourself the way God sees you, that you have capacity, praise God, to dominate. And that is tied to you doing the purpose and the plan of God. Today we are using a slightly different word. And there's a reason for that, the mission of God. Because mission speaks of a specific task, a specific goal. And as long as Adam and Eve were living and walking in the confines of God's word and instructions to them, they were shining in that mission. This is very, very important. They were dominating. As long as they kept to God's word and doing God's word, once they were operating within the confines and the territory of what God told them, specifically God told them what to eat and what not to eat, that particular tree, don't eat of its fruit. And the moment, please watch this, they stepped beyond that instruction and partook of the fruit of that tree, everything shut down. Again, a kind of thing that happened in verse 2 happened all over again. Man fell from his exalted position. And immediately God came back again and got a bit more involved with the affairs of man because God is still committed to his mission. Hallelujah. God is still committed to his mission. And all through the scriptures, what we see is God moving into the affairs. Many times you will find an individual or a family or a nation, the nation of Israel, in our own days is using churches as well, organizations. You see, the, the mission of God is so great. The psalmist said this in Psalm 50. He said, the Lord gave the word, and great was the company that published it. What God wants to accomplish is huge. One man cannot do it. One family cannot do it. One organization cannot do it. One race cannot do it. One nation cannot do it. God wants to involve everybody. Somebody shout everybody. everybody. And let me tell anybody, that includes you. Oh, hallelujah. And this is where vision comes in. Because there is an overall agenda that God wants to accomplish. His mission on the earth, his plan and his purpose and he now begins to divide the work to different people and give different individuals certain tasks. It's just a part of what God wants to achieve, but it's such a critical part. He will give them dreams. He will give them vision. And he will show them. And as long as they walked with God and stayed within the confines of his word and his instructions to them, God will empower them towards the fulfilling of that mission. And that being on the path of, of that divine agenda, working in God's mission, it's made all the difference to the kind of life we live. First of all, it guarantees you fulfillment. There will always be an emptiness in your spirit as long as you are not walking in line with God's purpose and God's plan and God's mission in your life. No matter how much money you make, Many times we read stories of people that have ascended to the top in one field or the other. Whether it's in entertainment or in government or something, and they will commit suicide. Or do something foolish. And everybody wonder, ah, why, 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 why would somebody do something like that? He had so much money. It's not about the money. Ah, it looks as if he had such a good family. You hear of one couple that just divorced. On the outside, on all the Instagram and pictures, they look like, it's not about the family. There is a God-shaped hole inside every human being because every human being was made in the image and the likeness of God. And that hole can only be filled. And that's where our fulfillment comes from when we align ourselves. This is why this teaching is so important. Align ourselves to God's mission on the earth. 
Praise God forevermore. And over the course of several generations, God has tried to communicate what that mission is so that people can live with it. In this church age that we live in, this is one of the clearest expressions of God's mission on the earth as of today. We call it the Great Commission. Mark chapter 16. Mark 16 from verse 15. I will just focus on the words of Jesus. They go into all the world. You see, all through scriptures, and I'm going to share a number of scriptures with you. At different times, God will, through his word, through his word, reveal what he's working on. What his mission is. And his intention is for the people he's saying it to, is for us to begin to align to his mission and prioritize his mission in our lives. And I'm telling us this morning, everyone hear me and hear me clearly. This is where fulfillment comes from. In many cases, this is where your peace will come from. Your prosperity will come from. Healing and wholeness will come from this. And of course, your dominance comes from this. If you ignore God's mission, you are not interested in God's mission, you are not aligned to what God is doing on the earth, and you are, as it were, living your own kind of life. Even if it's just the simple mistake, if I can call it simple, of Adam and Eve. Just ignore certain instructions that God gave. Some instructions are very, very critical to the mission. It can corrupt everything God wants to do in your life. If you hear me this morning, say, Pastor, I hear. Fulfillment comes. Our capacity and ability to walk in dominion, it's directly tied to us living lives that are about fulfilling the mission of God. We can't do everything on our own. You don't need to do everything. And this way, your vision is also important. What part of the overall mission has God showed you? Even when we talk about visions as it relates to organizations, there can even be sub-visions within that vision. We talked about that in variation quite some during our leadership training over the weekend. So here is Jesus announcing to his disciples and in a sense to all of us, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those that believe. Hallelujah. See, signs and wonders accompany people that are fulfilling or on the journey to fulfill the mission. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with other tongues. Do you know when you speak in other tongues, you are manifesting a sign and a wonder? Those of us that are into it now, we Pentecostals and we spiritual people, it's, it has become normal to us. But if only God could open our eyes into the realm of the Spirit, it's a sign to angels. It's a wonder to demons. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. They will take up serpents. If they drink any um, deadly thing, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they, the sick, will recover. Look at the way Paul said the same thing or interpreted the same thing in the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Hallelujah. Again, just communicating God's mission. Somebody shout God's mission. That's what we mean by the mission. Therefore, 1 Timothy chapter 2 from verse 1, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That's what we read in Mark when he said to every creature. Really the focus is men. All men. For kings. And all in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Verse 3. For this is good. And acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. And you see the, the, the mission of God here. The plan of God. What God wants. Who desires all men to be saved. Hallelujah. 
And not only for all men to be saved, but also to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. For which I, you see, Paul had come to a place, and this is the prayer for every single one of us, at our respective levels to come to a place where, number one, you understand the mission. Number two, you understand your place in the mission. Somebody lift your hands this morning and declare with me, by the grace of God. And when I say somebody, I mean everybody. Say, by the grace of God, I have a clearer understanding of the mission of God and my place in God's mission. That's our objective this morning. Hallelujah. So he, he talked about the mission of God. He talked about what we should all be doing. So he, it's because he had a clear understanding of that great commission that God wants people to be saved. Now, like, okay, let everybody be praying for people. Pray for people in Africa. Pray for people in Asia. Pray for people in the Middle East. Those countries where it looks like they are so far from being saved. Just be praying for them. Why? Because this is the mission of heaven. He understood it. He had a clear understanding of it. Somebody shout, I understand it. For which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I don't do everything. I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying. So I'm appointed a preacher and apostle and a teacher. Not to everybody, or to just the Gentiles. In faith and truth. Glory, 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 glory be to God. This is one way we see God communicating his mission. Look at this other scripture. Pastor Omi read it or quoted it to us this morning. It's, I'm glad she touched on it. Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. From verse 1. Glory be to God. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw. So God showed Isaiah a vision. See this Old Testament. Long before Jesus came, long before Paul came. And he says, it shall come to pass in the latter days. And we know we are living in the latter days. In fact, we know that from scripture because specifically on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, Apostle Paul quoted the prophecy of Joel, which was another vision about Lazarus, and said this is the latter days that Joel was talking about, the fulfillment of that scripture. Now, watch this. You will see that this is described quite differently from what Paul described of the Great Commission. Please hear me and hear me very well. Because there was a time in the body of Christ we thought the mission of God was just to get people born again and to get them discipled. That's how it was, in a way, that's, the words that Jesus used in Mark chapter 16 and in Matthew. That those, if, if, if you don't really understand the mind of God and you don't try to understand that what, the, what Jesus was doing was a continuum of what had started right from Genesis, you will get the impression that it's just about making heaven, getting born again. And we still have denominations today God bless their hearts. We are not condemning or we are not here to judge any man's work. That predominantly they focus on that. But in recent years, God has now started opening our understanding. Somebody say, God, open my understanding today. That as important as being born again is, and as critical as it is, because without it we can't enter the kingdom of heaven, quite honestly, it does not fully describe the mission of God. Hallelujah. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. God's house, which we can interpret to be God's church, will be dominant above every other mountain or every other house. Hallelujah. 
So we've come to understand that there are some mountains that exist where human relation is concerned. There are some places of authority that bring about influence in the way people live their lives. We are about to have a national election in Nigeria. Whether you like it or not, whether you pray about it or not, whether you believe it or not, whoever that president will be in 2023, and the political party in Nigeria that will win that election, they are going to influence your life. And you should always remember, every time you are queuing for petrol for three hours, four hours, or how many hours you have to queue for petrol, it's the last guy. I like the way Joe Biden says it about Trump in America, the former guy. <laughs> that we voted for, or maybe you did not vote for. Or maybe you did not vote at all. See, it doesn't matter whether you voted for him or or whether you did not vote for him, or whether he didn't vote at all, he is still operating on a mountain of influence where your life is concerned. So we talk about the political mountain. How many of you are going to watch Arsenal and Manchester United today? How many Arsenal fans are in the house? No, it may not be everybody, I know. But Senda doesn't watch. I've, I've been trying to work on that for 20 years. <laughs> I think after year 10, I just gave up. Day your day. <laughs> but entertainment is also a mountain. It influences our lives. And sports is a part of it. And there are some people, the influence is so much, they will take their salary and place a 1x bet. Don't move too much, the one I'm talking about. <laughs> I didn't used to think there were people like that in King's World until several years ago, one of our pastors called us, called me that there was one guy in church that he, he got some good money and he went to do bets. And of course, the bet did not work, so he's now in financial distress. Ah, is he one of them? Why are you tapping in? <laughs> Education is another mountain. Religion, church. Look at all of you. And this is millions and perhaps billions of people on the face of the earth. This weekend, let's not even just limit to Sunday, are going to a place of worship. It goes beyond Christianity. Where somebody is going to instruct, is going to teach. And by so doing, influence. You see, leadership is about influence the way they live their lives, for good or for bad. Think about this. We talk about 9-11. And for those of us that were not old enough, and those of us that didn't used to travel before 9-11, you, you see, what we see today when you go to the airport that you more or less take off all your clothes and they scan you, it wasn't like that before. How did it happen? Influence. Somebody preached into some people said that they should go and attack America and they took planes and flew inside the World Trade Center, and the world changed. And I mean literally changed from that time. So when we read scriptures like this that Isaiah is saying, he's telling us that what God really wants, please follow me, follow me carefully, follow me very carefully, what God's mission is, to really understand the Great Commission, it's not just about people just getting born again and we're waiting for Jesus to come and we'll go to heaven. In some court, um, corners of Christianity, people have to understand him, but that's not what he wants. God recognizes that they are all manner of mountains that are headed by people that influence the lives of other people through politics, through religion, through arts, through culture, through education, through fashion. We are not dressing like they used to dress in 19 Boboro. Am I right or am I right? We have been influenced. Whether you like it or not. And all those things affect how you live your life and how you conduct yourself. Whether you are a Christian or not a Christian. And God knows that. And what God wants, when he talks about 
praying. And if you really look at Paul's prayer in Timothy, Paul was actually touching on that. When he said, first of all, pray for all men because God wants all men. They said, pray for kings and for people in authority. Pray concerning the people that are influencing our arts and culture. The music we sing. The music we listen to. The movies we watch. Because they have a way of affecting our lives. Hallelujah. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations. Can somebody shout all nations this morning? All nations shall flow to it. All nations will flow into the mountain of the Lord. It will be where the influence is being commanded from. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Because it's above arts and culture, because it's above science, above politics, above religion, above they say, let's learn from the house of the Lord. Let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. And this is the powerful vision. Look at it. This is the powerful Isaiah. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge the nations and rebuke many people. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. When the influence of the church, and this is the mission of God, when God has touched so many, many hearts that are saved and these saved people that are being taught by the word of the Lord and by God are occupying mountains of influence, things that used to be weapons of war will be turned into weapons of peace and prosperity. If Putin was truly born again, and the peace of God was at work. You see, that, that man is occupying a very serious mountain. He's the leader of a nation, one of the most powerful nations on the face of the earth. And whether you like it or not, it's influencing your life. It's part of what is this that is causing for scarcity and all detention all over the world, including our country, because of that war taking place there. If that was what was going on, his spear, well, it didn't, it's not his spear, it's his rockets and his drones it will have been turned into pruning hooks, a harvesting equipment. Instead of making petrol, now costing whatever it's costing it to be cheaper, we'll have prosperity. Hallelujah. Nations will not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And that this time will come. Somebody shout a loud amen. amen. And this is what God is walking towards. God is walking towards it. In every generation, please hear me, hear me very well. Please hear me, please, this is very important. Right from Adam, right from Adam to Cain and Abel, to all the people we read about in scriptures, everything what God was doing was to lead to this place where there will be peace on earth as it is in heaven. Where there will be no war. Where the original intention of God when he created the earth is what is manifesting. That time will come and many things are going to happen between now and then. But that is the mission that God is working on. Some men found it in their days. Let me now get into what I really want to share with us this morning. Some men, Abraham found He may not have known the full picture. The vision Abraham saw was that God wants a man through whom he will bless and affect all the families of the earth. You know, what, what God didn't tell Abraham about, let's read what God told Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. Because this is where this matters to you now. Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Watch, please watch very carefully. 
you will see the things God said to him that connect to his great commission and his great mission. And the things God did not tell him. God doesn't have to tell you everything. Please listen to me very carefully before we watch this. God just needs to show you your own part. Somebody say my part. His vision. And what you need to do on an individual level and on an organizational level, I'm going to come down to your individual part and our own vision in King's Word and how it correlates and how it aligns with God's overall mission. If you will embrace and accept what God is telling you and it takes quite some work to really know and understand what God is telling you. I always love this text. Look at the way verse 1 actually reads. It didn't say the Lord said to Abraham. That's how we read it. But that's not what it said. The Lord had said to Abraham. The Lord had said to Abraham. It means over a period of time, God had been speaking to Abraham about it. If you go back and read Genesis chapter 11, please watch this. Theologians say this a lot. Study Genesis chapter 11. Where Abraham eventually Ended up, please listen very carefully, please, very important. Where Abraham eventually ended up, God had told Abraham's father to go there. We don't have time to look at that. Where Abraham eventually went and settled in Canaan. God had told Abraham, Abraham's father was going. Please hear me, hear me, this is where I'm going. And somewhere he stopped at the awe of the child dance. Where God now started talking to his son. He stopped. And we can deduce that challenges and pressures and difficulties came and stopped. And that happens to the human experience. Many times because of the difficulties people are going through. They were already on the path of fulfilling God's mission. Or they are part of God's mission. One way or the other, following the vision God had showed them, contributing their part to the overall thing God is doing. But then things now happen and stop. And God doesn't want that from any of us. Somebody said that will not be my story. But we read about Abraham. And the story of Abraham was documented because God was able to find a man in Abraham that fulfilled the path that God had given Abraham to fulfill. If there was no Abraham, there would never have been a Jesus. There will not have been an Isaac, there will not have been a Jacob, there will not have been a Joseph, or it will have gone through another lineage, and ultimately the family of the Christ won't have come. But God told him, I'm going to make of you a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, glory be to God. Verse 3, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. On this, your path, people that align to you and help you and support you, the blessing I put upon you, I will allow you to flow in their lives. Lot was a very good example. And anybody that tries to stop you, cross you, attack you, I will fight your battle for you. God was telling him that. Why? Why? Because I'm on a mission. I want to accomplish something. And I found you, Abraham, and I'm going to use you. And look at what God told him. And in you... All the families of the earth, what? Will be blessed. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul was teaching the Galatians. And he told them that just like God has given us the gospel to spread to our world, God preached the gospel to Abraham as well. Now, God didn't mention any gospel to Abraham. Please hear me very carefully. Abraham, and I'm sure in his wildest dreams, could never have imagined that what God was really doing to him, the path that God gave him, was so that the Christ will eventually come, and through the Christ, a church will be raised that will spread the gospel all over the world, and through that all, that, that's what God meant when he said all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And as God begins to spread the gospel all over the world, God will begin to raise people that will occupy mountains of influence everywhere so that evil people will not sit in those positions. Glory be to God. And the earth that God designed from the beginning will eventually come to pass. But the story here is God found this man that what God showed him, God got a part of the mission. 
He committed himself to it. He ran that race to the very end. He walked by faith. He made dangerous sacrifices. He embraced what God showed him. Hallelujah. And he obeyed God. He obeyed God. The obedience of his faith. He believed what God said. This was what stood Abraham out from Adam and Eve. He believed what God said, even though there were, everything wasn't clear. We always say, if you met Abraham after this Genesis 12, 1 to 4, verse 4 says, so Abraham departed. As the Lord had spoken to him. If you had met Abraham in Genesis 12, and say, Abraham, where are you going? Why are you leaving your father? Why are you leaving your mother? Why are you leaving your sibling? He will tell you, I can't give you an address. But I can't deny I had God. Hallelujah. And there's this compulsion. There's something that is moving me to obey what God is telling me to do. And I want to yield to it. Go with me to Numbers 14. And I'm beginning to close this morning. Hallelujah. Numbers 14. These are the children of Abraham. Just like the Bible calls you and I the seed of Abraham. Am I right? They were in bondage in Egypt. God had brought them out of their bondage. We were in bondage to sin and death. God has brought us out of sin and death. They were on their way to the fulfillment of their inheritance and their promised land. They were in what we call the wilderness experience. Please hear me and hear me very well. This is the crux of what God gave me to share with us this morning. And that's where the problem arose for them. They could look back. We are not where we used to be before. But certain things they wanted to see, they had not yet manifested. And part of that, that delay that they had in that wilderness, the 40 year, well, this was even before the 40 years started. They were actually the ones that caused it. That wasn't the plan of God. They were supposed to travel from Egypt to the promised land in 40 days. But let's not get into that this morning. And they came to this place. And this was the problem. Please, this, this is the main thing. Many times we teach from Numbers 14. And we talked about the fact that um, they were making negative confession. And that's what they were doing. But the main message is that they didn't have a sense that they were in God's mission. Hallelujah. They didn't have a consciousness that they were a part of God's mission. That was the main problem. That's when God responded. The story was that they kept complaining, and God told Moses, I'm going to destroy them, and I'm going to raise another set of people for myself. Because what God has on his mind is the fulfillment of his mission. He has just chosen to do it with you and I. Tap a neighbor and say, you are privileged to be called to be a part of what God is doing. Church, God is doing something on the earth. God is doing something in our days. Hallelujah. And every single one of us, let me hear somebody shout that includes me. You have a part. Oh, you may not be the Moses that is on the spotlight. Your church may not be the one that is in the front line that is making all the noise. No, that's not the point. That's not the mindset. Everybody cannot be the Moses. Everybody cannot be making the headlines. But everybody has a part. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Let me tap anybody to your left and to your right. Say, you have a part, I have a part. <laughs> so they were now complaining and grumbling. Hey, Nepal took our light today. Hey, there's first scarcity tomorrow. Hey, we don't have money to pay school fees tomorrow. Hey, I have six, sickness in my body. They lost, and I can't blame them, coming from a human perspective. I've never lived in a wilderness before, and I've never tried to cross a desert before, but I know it's not palatable. But you see, that's where you now need to, like we say here, borrow yourself brain. <laughs> for me, help me help neighbor. Say, borrow yourself brain. Okay, tell your neighbor, even if you don't have brain, I borrow you brain. In case your neighbor is not responding. I'm serious. 
these people, and this is where I can blame them. You mean after crossing the Red Sea, you are talking like this? You mean after all those signs and wonders God in Egypt that you saw, you are talking like this? Tap your neighbor and say, I borrow you small brain. <laughs> okay, your neighbor doesn't like that. Okay, say, borrow yourself brain. Borrow yourself brain. <laughs> we, we taught something on Wednesday. I don't know whether you were in the midweek service or you listened to the message. And the, the message of Apostle Paul. And I want to tie it to this. In, particularly when you study Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3. And Paul said, you see, we just read what he said was his assignment if, in Timothy, that God made me an apostle to preach this to the Gentiles. When you read his epistles further, he even narrowed down his vision and his assignment closer. That what God wanted me to do was to teach people who they were in Christ. The mystery that was hidden from the ages. And in the book of Colossians, it said that mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he kept teaching in those epistles, particularly we, we focused on Ephesians 1 and 2 last Wednesday. And he started pointing out who we are. That, oh, yes, so there are challenges left, right, and center, but we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We are accepted in the beloved. We are chosen by God. We are God's masterpiece. We are heirs of God. He kept telling them all that. And his lesson was that even when you are going through the valley of the shadow of death and there are challenges, that's what you should focus on. Don't focus on the challenges. Borrow yourself brain. Borrow yourself brain. You are in the center of what God is doing. You are in the plan of God. You're on a mission for God. Borrow yourself, brain. Romans chapter 12, we wrote to them. He said, we should present our body as a living sacrifice. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be renewed in the attitude of your mind. That, that's why we said from on Wednesday. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every high thing and every magnitude that exalts them against knowledge of God. Borrow yourself, brain. Your focus should be the mission. If these people had focused on, we are on, they didn't know what Abraham knew. They didn't have the spirit Abraham had. They didn't have the understanding of Abraham. So when things started to get rough and tough, please stay with me very carefully. I'm going to read what happened in that text to you clearly, as God showed me. When things started to get rough and tough, they lost it. And they started to say things and behave in a way where God got angry with them. And the Bible said God was actually going to kill them. Because of time, please watch. Numbers 14, verse 11. Hallelujah. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? Now, they didn't know they were rejecting God. They thought they were just complaining about for scarcity. They didn't know they were rejecting God. They thought they were just complaining about the challenges they had in their marriage. How long will they reject me? How long will they, not, will they not believe me? You see, when instead of focusing on what we shared on Wednesday, focus on what God has done for you and where God is taking you to, you're focusing on your circumstances and situation, that's what is, and that's what they were doing. How long will they not believe in me with all the signs which are performed among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Then Moses interceded on their behalf. God, don't kill them. If you kill them, your enemies will say it's because you are not a strong God. He was able to give God a very strong reason. So the Bible says we should bring our strong reasons to God. He said the Egyptians will hear. And they will conclude that, yes, God was powerful enough to bring them out of Egypt, but God could not close the deal. Can I deviate a bit to Arsenal and just to help somebody understand? But some people are saying that, oh, Arsenal, they've come far now, but they can never get to the finish line. We'll find out this evening. That they started well, all right, but uh, they will soon fall down. They will soon... They will soon choke. 
That was the argument Moses gave God. They will say that you are able to bring them up, but you can't get them in. That's what they will say. So God now came up and, okay, you know what? The adults among them, I will wait for them to die. Then I will work with their children. That's why they had to spend 40 years in the wilderness. That wasn't the plan. It was because of their wrong attitude, wrong confession, and most importantly, their lack of sense. We are focusing on the mission was at hand. That's what God told Abraham. I mean, that's what God told Moses. Look at verse 20 because of time. If I had time, we would have read everything. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned. In other words, I'm not going to wipe off the entire nation and start again. Because God had the power to do it. And God's pardoning didn't say that there will not be consequences. So, he said the adults among them, the ones that should have sense that we're going to wait for them to die. Then we'll start with their children. That was, and that was God showing mercy. Hello. That was the mercy of God. So I have pardoned, according to your word, but as truly as I live. The issue here wasn't what they were saying per se. The issue here with God wasn't even their behavior. The bottom line is that they were not focused on the mission. As truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And he said, because of all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to test these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall they, nor shall any of those who rejected me. But I love it. And this is you. Somebody say this is me. And listen, if you find yourself in the midst of people that don't want to serve God, people that don't want to pray, people that don't want to give sacrificially, people that don't want to advance the, the kingdom of God and church of God, you better be a Caleb in their midst and be a leader in their. Perhaps you can influence them. You see, all that was going on here was about God's mission. It was about God's mission. Truly as I live, whether you believe it or that's your business. But a time will come. The agenda I started in Genesis 1. I don't care how many generations. See, in this place, God was ready to sacrifice a generation. <laughs> because God lives in eternity. But even in that weak, fake, unbelieving, visionless, missionless, Lack of a line to God's purpose generation. There was still a Joshua and a Caleb. Somebody shout, I'm a Joshua and a Caleb in my generation. Verse 24, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went. And his descendants shall inherit it. Hallelujah. Now, again, you read the story, you think it's just about gaining a mountain. Come that, that's part of it. When God called Joshua, I mean Joseph, and God gave him the vision and saw him that the, um, the, 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 the sheaves of his brothers, the harvest of brothers will be bowing to him. And God showed him that the sun and the moon will be bowing to him. What Joseph saw was people bowing to him. Joseph did not hear under fully understand that the mission of God preserving a seed for himself, that was the call. It was at the end of his journey that he fully understood. This thing wasn't just about Caleb possessing a mountain. God made Caleb possess a mountain. But you see, you and I have now understanding. Why, why does God want you to be the head and not the tail? Why does God want you to walk in dominion? So that, look at that verse again in verse, 20, verse 21. Truly as I live, my mission must be fulfilled. God never fails so. And concerning his mission, he will not fail. Hallelujah. Let me close, please. We can talk about mission for a whole year. In King's word, our own vision is clear. What God has told us to focus on is to focus on the supernatural. A people of the word, a people of the spirit. To raise people. We may not fully understand like Caleb and Joshua, like Joseph, even like Abraham, 
how that plays in into the overall mission. We are not called to do the overall mission alone. We are an integral part, hallelujah, of the mission. And just like Abraham's part was just to separate himself from his family lineage and begin to learn to walk by faith with God, that's all Abraham. Abraham didn't know he was in the overall mission. And he stuck with it until tomorrow we are singing Abraham's praises. And while he did that, he walked in dominion. Glory be to God. And he walked in fulfillment. He walked in blessing. He walked in peace. He walked in prosperity. While he aligned himself to God, that's what God has called us into. This generation of Abraham's sinners, they didn't understand that. Somehow, somehow, and I pray this will never be your story, the pressures around them got to them more than the mission. Let's raise the supernatural army. In that, find your own path. Glory be to God. Don't try to do everything in this church. If you are going to be part of this church, don't try. Just find the one, two, three things. And just make sure you are hearing from God. Hello? And doing what He has called you to do. God said, I, as truly as I live, the whole earth shall be filled with my glory. God is the one doing it. Praise God. But God is looking for people. And I want to tell you this morning, God wants you. Let me tell you, neighbor, God wants you. And God will use you. Glory be to God. We're going to pray in a minute. I want to invite everybody again. Be a part of what God is doing in this place. Those of you that are not yet part of the workforce, join the workforce. Just find something you can do for God. Those of you that don't join us in praying, start praying with us. Just get involved deeper and deeper as God enables you. Praise God. We are fasting this week. Fast with us. It's in those things that God will open your eyes to see your own path. And we now have more understanding. Your path doesn't have to be limited to the four walls of the church. You can be a part of this church and where God has stationed you is somewhere in entertainment, somewhere in politics, somewhere in, in one industry or another. This is just the place of your roots. The lesson you need to embrace as a 21st century Christian is to, particularly if you belong to a church like this, is to, once you are born again, be grounded and rooted in God's word, I'm going to close with this text. Put it up for me on the screen. Colossians 3.16. Be rooted in the word of God. And be rooted in God's spirit. And begin to live your life wherever God stations you to fulfill his mission. Just keep getting better and better. Keep growing. Keep ascending. Developing spiritually. Developing in your career. Developing in your assignments in the house of God or in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. He says here, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. In fact, that's the part I want. This is what we're about in this ministry. People that are supernatural by the word and people that are supernatural by the spirit. I love the way it says it in the New Living Translation. It says that let the, the, the word of Christ or the, the gospel about Christ. He said, put, put the New Living Translation for me. Let the words of Christ in all his richness live in your hearts and make you wise. Let that word just be finding expression in you. A people of the word, a people of the spirit that are about God's mission on the earth. Wherever you find yourself, wherever God has placed you. And through that, when your life is like this, he said use his words to teach and counsel each other singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. When your life is loaded with God's word and empowered by God's spirit, wherever you go, at work, in the community where you live, in the society where you find yourself, you are spreading out a fragrance to other people. They are looking at you. They are looking at your marriage. They are looking at your career. They are looking at your spirituality. And they are seeing a difference. Hallelujah. 
and it's telling them. Some of them may not tell you, but it's pointing them, I want to be like that person. I want the kind of peace he has. I want the kind of joy she has. I want the kind of family she has. And they are being attracted, glory be to God, into God's kingdom. Let us live for his mission. Can somebody say loud amen? amen? That's where we'll find our fulfillment. Rise up on your feet this morning. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.